Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we find a movie from your childhood, re-watch it and have a chat about it. I'm your host, Emily Slade, and once again this week we are recording in a Cafe Nero in Kentish Town, so the background is a little bit noisy. I'm joined by David and his chosen movie was Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. The IMDb breakdown is... Captain Barbosa, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan must sail off the edge of the map, navigate treachery and betrayal, find Jack Sparrow and make their final alliances for one last decisive battle. Enjoy! You've watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like... What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why Why this film? Woo! So I'm joined today by David. Hello, David. Hello. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. That's quite alright. And we are, of course, looking at Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End. Yeah. It was weird diving into this, having not recently seen the first two, because I'm usually very much like a... I start one, so I've seen Kill Bill Volume 1 and Fellowship of the Ring a thousand times. Yeah. Um, so it was probably a good thing for me to do. What's your relationship with this movie? Um, so when I was at school, um, everyone was talking about the first Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. and how oh, it's such a big film and Johnny Depp's amazing in it. And so I remember seeing like a bit of it when they sh- for some reason they showed us the first like 15 minutes on like DVD during like a geography class. Nice. Not really giving a good impression of my school at the moment. Yeah. Why it had to, what it had uh, to do with dog? It might have been history. Sounds oh, great. Like, oh, that know. makes a little bit more sense, maybe. I guess so. At a push. But I, I watched that and thought, oh, that's um, this seems quite good. So I ended great, up getting yeah. it on DVD. Fell in love with it. Of course. And then uh, it was announced there was going to be two more films. Mm. I was really excited. Saw the second film. Absolutely loved it. And it came about at a time in my teenage years when I didn't really know who I was <laughs> I didn't know what category I fell under uh-huh. and so I went down a weird sort of scene kid slash goth slash emo ish wow. path I don't know what I'm pirate... need the photographs from that era oh I think I've burnt them <laughs> yeah. from the internet but I used mm, I used to when I was younger because uh, I thought it was cool and I hung around with a bunch of weirdly dressed people that tended to dress like pirates anyway yeah, like open button shirts yeah. I think a friend of mine had the Davy Jones key around his neck cool. and I had—I actually had a pirate hat and insisted on being called Pirate Dave like a like a tricorn yeah hat. right the thing like like uh, Alan Tudyk in Dodgeball yeah amazing except what was worse is that it had fake hair attached to it and at one point <laughs> I took it off and this guy went that's not your real hair I was like no it's, it's not Oh my goodness, that's the best story I think I've ever heard. That's incredible. <laughs> so, Why did I just admit that? <laughs> yeah, Come on, man. That's amazing. But uh, anyway, I was a big fan of these films, and when the third film came out, it was such a huge deal. We actually booked tickets for it at the cinema, and then we like took up a whole row at the back of the cinema. And in a weird way, and I, I actually said this to a friend of mine, and having recently rewatched the film, I regret it, but I was like, this film this series this is our Star Wars that's how good it is you're wearing a Star Wars jumper as well at the time. 
Uh, and so, yeah, it was just a fun film, and I thought the third film was really epic and cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's being really adult in places. This, is, this isn't your daddy's pirate film. This is great. And uh, I was just obsessed with it. I loved the whole characters. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. And I, I thought it was just an epic film. Yeah. Do you still think that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Could you sense the slight hesitation yeah, and embarrassment in my I, voice? I sort of had the opposite. I... I adored the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I still, still do. do. It's, it's like, still it's one of my favourite films. Yeah. And then I remember these ones coming out and I remember going to see them and, and I was that like cinema snob of a teenager that was like <laughs> <laughs> about like literally everything and I was yeah. like these suck in comparison to the first movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have so many issues with everything. Yeah. And now like and I'll say when we go through our notes for this movie like <sighs> I didn't know what I had back then do you know what I mean like I I was comparing it to the first Pirates of the Caribbean these two Mm -hmm. which obviously in comparison that's a masterpiece and these are just very very good films and they are very very good films because the shit that's coming out now in comparison to these films these are imaginative they're creative they are epic on a certain scale like they really are so I don't think I knew what I was like yeah. yeah, I look back on my teenage self and I'm like, you, you don't know how bad it's gonna get. I mean, so. I look back on my teenage self and go, what, 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 what thinking, the man? Fuck? Take off the pirate hat. <laughs> You're not a pirate. You're not cool. That's, that's the it. point of your teenage years, though. Yeah. So um. And there is some shit out recently oh as well. There's some real shit films. Pirates of the Caribbean four, Pirates of the Caribbean five. They haven't stopped making them, and mm. it sucks. And yeah, I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of the hype. Uh, of these ones when they came out I was just remember being like oh there's there's more characters can I be in okay yeah. guess we'll go see them um, and it was one of the first times I remember waiting behind the, after the credits to watch a scene like it was the first time that we sort of did that properly yeah because I, it was around that sort of Marvel time when they were starting to do that I think the Pirates films because I didn't realise this the first film has a post credit scene which explains why it? yeah you don't know that so you know how in this you know how in the second film Jack the monkey is there as yeah. an undead monkey, and I was like, oh, "How is he? How is he still in the film?" I thought, "Is he? Did he die or what?" But in the uh, we got like blown out of cannon. But in, at the end of the first film, there's a post-credit scene where he ends up washing up at Isla de Muerta. He ends up going to the chest of Cortez, picks out a medallion, and then he becomes undead. So that's why he's in the other films. So we must have somehow swam and ended up on the Black Pearl again. But yeah, there's there's a post-credit scene in the first film. I am like sat here over now. <laughs> you have changed my entire life. I had no idea that existed. Yeah. I don't even remember even Googling that vaguely. I just remember in the cinema being like, that doesn't make fucking sense. But it was before a point where I would try and find out yeah. if they'd... Wow. <laughs> you know, the second film has a post-credit scene. Yeah, well. that was the first one I ever saw with the dog in the, on the island being worshipped. Which was just a bit of fun. It was, yeah, it was just like stupid and I was like, haha. Because yeah. that was before like post-credit scenes actually then started to explain plots. Like, yeah. I was watching one of the X-Men and I was like, wait, didn't Patrick Stewart die? And it was like in a post-credit scene that he came back to fucking life. Spoilers. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that film's like years now. old and no yeah. one likes it. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do remember being like, "What the fuck is going on?" So, post-credits have suddenly become ridiculously important. And yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean was the first that started to have them. They also had all those DVD extras that I because it was around the same time as Fellowship. Yeah, that we were starting to buy DVDs, and, and unlike the Philosopher's Stone, for example, the Pirates of the Caribbean would like have diary upon diary of their like making of mm. and we would like just pour over them we loved watching them so much 
Um, well, that's looking back on like the um, extras. I remember watching them like I would kind of watch them back to back all the time as a kid because mm-hmm. I was. This is when I was really starting to get into film. Amazing that it was Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> that got me into that. But I was starting to really get into the making of films, and I was like, mm-hmm. my God, they actually built these ships and actually destroyed them and tried to use practical effects where possible for things like the Kraken and ship fights and stuff like that. And I was like, it's pretty good. It's so cool. And that's why it's so good in Mm. comparison to movies these days. Not like, obviously, every movie this day is crap, but, you know, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I really remember disliking the third one especially. And then watching it two days ago, I was like... Hooked. I was like, this movie is so good, man. It's just brilliant scene after brilliant scene. And there's like a couple of places where I'm like, ugh. But other than that, I was genuinely like, this is great. Did you have the opposite reaction? Sort of, kind of, but yes. (laughs) Basically, like, I started watching it, and the opening scene is where a load of pirates are getting hung. And I, there was a, I had a really awkward moment when I was like, it's kind of unintentionally funny because some British naval guy was reading out a load of rights and going, ah, oh, this thing is suspended. And yeah. as soon as it says suspended, they get hung. Yeah. And I was like, it's kind of... A bit on the nose. bit on the nose. <laughs> See, I was like, oh, yeah, this movie's great. Like, suspended, boom. I was like, like this is amazing. This and then is so they, clever. then the guy runs up to Cutler Beckett and goes, Lord Beckett, they've started to sing. And he's like, finally. I was like, one, that's really melodramatic. But yeah. two, he's ten feet away. That's you must have heard it. That's why I loved it, though. I remembered how freaking ridiculous yeah. it is. And, like, like it's always been ridiculous. But, yeah, they were getting a bit more bigger and bigger with that as the movies went on. And, I mean, the little boy starts to sing. And I used to find it so cringy. But this time I was like, oh, it's so epic. And they will start joining in, and it's kind of cheesy, but if you just look past yeah. that, it's like, oh, fuck I yeah. literally had the opposite effect watching it again, because I thought, originally when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, this is so gritty yeah. and real and epic, and watching it, I was like, this, this is Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, it's supposed like, to be fun, and now it, it's kind of gone a bit too serious and too dark. Yeah. It would be a great scene for a different film. Interesting. And I found a few of the darker moments would have worked better as a different film maybe like a real historical epic yeah 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 it's true maybe they were trying to change the tone a bit because the second movie gets completely ridiculous with its tone so maybe they were trying to bring this one in again I don't know the one thing I remember from this movie and I am skipping ahead a little bit is we then go to Singapore and Kira Knightley's uh, coming up on the boat right this is where I'm getting my notes oh, out now mate. this is where my notes start as well and this was something I used to say about this movie all the fucking time. And I'd only seen it like twice. Mm. And I was like, this movie sucks because of this reason. They go in and they they meet, um, who is it, Chow Yun Fat? Is that who? Yeah, yeah, Chow Yun Fat as Captain Salfane. Yeah. The most and pointless character. This is when films started yeah. trying to appeal to basically a Chinese market. Because yeah, they're like, yeah. let's just shove everyone in. It was a little bit pointless. Yeah. It was fine. It's fine. I forgive it. But, yeah, it was a bit like, okay. And they get there and, and they, they do some stuff. And then they're like, can you, un- like, take off your weapons, please? And they have that classic fucking trope where yeah. Kira Knightley... Kira Knightley... Who's a stick, let's be honest. ...is, like, taking out all these weapons. And it's, like, a trope you see in everywhere. You see it in Sinbad. It's just weapon after weapon. Yeah. And then... 
creepy Asian pirate is like remove, remove. Oh, yeah, it's like, she has to take her trousers off, and Barbosa hasn't had to do shit all. That pissed me off. Barbosa's wearing a fuck ton of stuff, and like and all the weapons as well. But she fucking removes like a fucking bazooka from her like ass. Like yeah. that's the insinuation. And when I first watched that, I was like, what the fuck? Like there is no way. Yeah. This Girl, this 16 Who's been sat on a little rowboat coming into Singapore? He's like, had he's, that he's up like, her ass. something up her ass, and that's the insinuation. And I'm like, now, Kira Knightley. I wouldn't is, say it's an insinuation. They full, she full on just goes, oh, it's oh. ridiculous. And like, she's crushing it. Like, when I was watching it this time around, she's doing a very funny job. Like, kudos to her. I genuinely think it was a funny performance. But the reason I didn't like it is because she's not meant to be that kind of funny. Like, she, that's not a joke for that character. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit jarring. I also I found I also found she gave a funny performance, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So but, I'm, um, in my yeah. notes, I made a kids film counter, <laughs> where basically I would write something and then just, didn't, just put next to it in capital letters, it's a kids film. Yeah. So the first one was hanging, it's a kids film. Yeah. And then the second one was Elizabeth, guns up, ass and badge. Kids film, fuck off. Why the fuck did she have to take her trousers off? Because then we get a delightful vagina joke. That's literally what I put. Excuse for staring up vagina joke. Kids film. Yeah, literally. I was like, oh, these are all things that I've forgotten that clearly pissed me off the first time round and were kind of pissing me off the second time round. Because I was like, Barbosa is wearing like nine layers. Yeah. And you've made Elizabeth take off her fucking trousers for no reason, just so Mackenzie Crook can look through the floorboards (laughs) up at her vagina. Like, what is this? Yeah. Um, so and it was still like they really try and make Elizabeth a progressive female protagonist and they do a very good job like she was a hero of mine when I was growing up and Mm. she is great in this movie but she does still suffer by having to have those stupid things done to her because she's a woman in a movie like one of one of the two women in this movie I mean Barbosa should have been strolling in in like his you know briefs as well yeah I mean, Elizabeth he could hide quality. something. He could hide a gun in his beard, for exactly, Christ's sake. Exactly, exactly, for God's sake. Um, so that's annoying. Yeah, I've got When you said she delivers a funny performance, I just wrote down where she says, you sit here cowering in your bathwater. Yeah. And I thought, that's a funny delivery. It made me laugh. She it's so over the top. Kira Knightley cannot possibly show her tongue to anyone when she acts. Whether it's Mr. Darcy, Jack Sparrow, she can't possibly do it. Um, that said... What you didn't see is Kira Knightley just walked in right now, <laughs> saw us talking about Pirates Caribbean and just started talking then. And, oh, she's gone. Bye, Kira. Bye, Kira. Sorry, I do love you. Like, I do. I do like Kira Knightley. I think she's a very endearing uh, lead actress or actor, whatever she would prefer. I know loads of people and, um, that can't stand her. I think she's, I think she's, she's good. Great. There are some films where she is really good. I really, I really do like her, and I do like her in these movies as mm. well. Um, so, but, like, that's not... I can still make fun of you, Kira. Sorry. <laughs> You're clearly listening to this podcast. She's not a good listener, I'm um, sure. <laughs> oh, animal sidekicks. How very Disney. You want it to be a kid's movie? You've got the fucking parrot and monkey now teaming up. I will not have you have say like... a bad word about Jack the monkey. <laughs> he fair. is the it, MVP of that film. It is It is well used and I do like it, but I was yeah. very aware that I was like, oh, look, cute animal sidekicks doing cute things. Like oh. Cute things. He takes like a firework. Fires it off a bridge and kills a load of people. <laughs> with in in cahoots with the parrot. Yeah. Um, Scroffington has scrubbed up, so Commodore Norrington uh, goes to, becomes oh, Scroffington yeah. in the second movie. 
and he's now scrubbed up and got his nice powdered wig back on. Again, another character that is poorly, poorly used in this movie. Oh, he dies like a bitch. Like he a just kind of stands there. Yeah. Like he's like he may as well have just tossed himself into the ocean. Stellan like, Skarsgård so just kind of walks into him and then he's dead. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and he's all had right, so then. many opportunities to not be killed. That that scene lasts like five minutes yeah. where he could have jumped on the rope, walked away killed Bill Skarsgård like he could have done so many things but he's literally just like I, I want to die it's like he wants to die but it's not made clear enough that he wants to die also why do you want to die yeah like, he could say that one. No he's reason. admiral like oh it's so stupid um, the actors are having a lot of fun with these parts like they still are I yeah. haven't seen any of the later Pirates of the Caribbean movies like don't. I definitely refuse just don't. but I can't imagine that they're having as much fun I've heard I think I read in a review that um, Jeffrey Rush even looks like he's sick of the franchise and wants to be out but here they're still having a good time yeah um, I mean so one thing good. that I like Jeffrey Rush he's a great actor mm-hmm. and he's great in the Pirates films but I kind of feel like his inclusion in this film and the fact that him and Jack are all, oh, jokey joke, we're both captains, yada oh, yada. The fucking dick we're doing the dick jokes with telescopes. That like runs throughout this movie is very annoying. And I, but I feel like it kind of undermines the fact that he was an evil man in the first film. He was such yeah. a badass villain, and now he's just kind of another pirate fumbling around. Literally, it is frustrating, and I think that's why I dislike. I mean, by the end of this review, I'm going to be back to like, oh yeah, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> Like, I really am. Because, yeah, that was another reason I, I disliked it. It felt like there was a small amount of plot that they stretched over from the previous movie that they needed to tie up with Calypso and David Jones and d- the touch of destiny. And then everything else is just fucking fan-pandering filler. Yeah. I didn't need to see a dick-measuring contest between Barbosa and Jack Sparrow. I didn't need it. I didn't need a vagina joke from Kira Knightley. Did you need the uh, Jack Sparrow wants to fuck a goat joke? Mate, I didn't need... of the Jack Sparrow that's in this movie because it's 30 minutes into the movie and what a joy it's been I've written here to make up for that alright Mark (laughs) Kermode he's fucking a thousand Jacks for five straight minutes I timed it he is on screen as just himself a thousand times for five straight minutes because we haven't been able to see him for half an hour and it's been fucking great because we don't always need Jack what makes Jack less is more with Jack Sparrow right that's why the first movie works so well because he's not the main character and that's really good and that's why these later movies suck because he is the main character and this movie was that transition where they were like oh what do the it's like Minions it's like the Minions movie this bit with Jack Sparrow it's like fucking fan more Jack Sparrow in this fucking movie they fucking love Jack Sparrow and it just ruins everything because I'm like enough I don't even fucking go I don't need him running around with crabs I don't need him fucking like doing any of that shit peanuts fuck off like it's not funny oh yeah that's a recurring gag then fucking recurring gag it's one of the final shots of the movie as well the monkey gets the peanut and I'm like enough with the peanuts I think it would have been better and like when I was watching the film and you had the multiple jacks scene I did think wow considering this film is like 12 years old now the CGI the editing and everything That's looks true. amazing yeah it's, it's very it's very smooth it's very good but it's just not entertaining like I don't I didn't pay to watch fucking Johnny Depp prance around in like I think you did if you went to see a Pirates well, of the Caribbean film 
clearly I did, but I didn't <laughs> actually want to. Um, oh, the tentacle tear wiping I've got here. <laughs> Davy Jones. Out of context, that's a very weird <laughs> sentence to say. It is, and it was very weird to watch as well. It was very melodramatic. So Davy Jones, again, this like big villain yeah. character, is there listening to his like fucking music box. And then, like, one oh, I can see tear. why when I was going through my weird emo phase, I liked this film. Yeah. I was like, David Jones, man, that's deep. It's like the fact of the sea. <laughs> and um, he, he uses one of his tentacles to, like, wipe away the single tear. But it, it goes even further than that. He, like, picks it up off his face with this, like, tentacle and then looks at it and then gets really angry over the fact that he's just cried a single movie tear. And it's just so ridiculous I didn't know how I felt as someone that was just trying to watch this movie objectively I was like I'm not laughing I'm not annoyed I just what just what just what question mark what why question mark why yeah when you put it like that that is kind of stupid but I was I was watching that scene with Davy Jones and kind of just going wow those effects still hold up that is one thing I will say is that the effects in this film really hold up like, and they're not distracting like the late Harry Potter movies get really dark to cover up all the yeah. CGI whereas even during the storm near the end you can still pretty much see everything that's going on which and they is do really a lot of stuff in the daytime like when they get to Davy Jones' locker which is just a giant beach and then you've got the black pearl kind of coming up over the sand dunes like that looks cool yeah it's really cool that should have been they should have cut out all the you know multiple jacks thing that and that should have been his entrance. proper entrance yes yeah, so true and it would have called back and it still called back to yeah. the first film but that should have been the proper way to start this movie really does try and uh, sort of um uh, like mirror that first movie a lot there's a lot of callbacks and a lot of references too and it tries to tie it up in that way which yeah. like is fine but like it it's neat, but the fact that they went on to make more kind of undermines it a little bit. Yeah, because the third, because this film ends with Barbosa's got Pearl, Jack's on a little dinghy and off on adventures. Says, "Drink up, me heart is yo ho." Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it feels like we we can almost go back we, to the beginning yeah. of the first movie now. Like they set it up almost as if it was a prequel to start the first movie again. It's kind of like, like they've returned to the status quo of yeah, the first film. It feels like a perfect circle. But 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 it, but it almost shouldn't be because they've been through so much and yeah. done so much. Like why why reset in that way? Surely end in a different place so you've actually gone on a journey rather than just imply that these fucking dickwads just dick around doing whatever the fuck they want all the time and just nothing, no consequences, no nothing. They don't learn anything because they just do fucking whatever they want. All and I guess pirates. You can you can you can excuse that with pirates, but like. It's still a movie, and we need our characters to have like had an arc in a way. That ruins my last note, which was <laughs> I really like the ending. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh Christ, Jay, you're right. They literally start off where they began. It's like, oh, what's the point? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Sorry, <laughs> I ruined movies. For We're people. really jumping ahead. We've gone to the end. Like, ah, rubbish. <laughs> right, there we go. The end. Done. Um, it's very obvious about the love story and who Calypso is, and and, it, and I. I don't know if it's because I did already know and that's kind of cheating but they make it very obvious like it's she's obvious in the second there, film kind like, of yeah exactly they have a locket around what if they were trying to make it like a a big build up because it's not oh this this is the other part about this movie there's there's um bazooka butt joke which I fucking hate and then this bit I fucking love and I think it's so gorgeously done yeah um where they're coming back <laughs> I'm gonna start crying 
and Governor Swan is on one of those little boats. Oh, and in Kira Knightley's the locker, like, yeah. oh my god, we're back. And Jack's just like, we're not back, Elizabeth. And then, she, oh, it's so heart wrenching. And she's like, Father! And he's like, Elizabeth, are you dead? She's like, no! And he's like, oh. I think I have. And you're like, oh, That's because Jonathan Price, though, is, oh, like, yeah. top tier. Oh, my God. He stole the first movie. He's stealing yeah. this movie. I can't remember what happened in the But I think movie. that's... I, the scene's really good. Keira Knightley gives a really good performance yeah, at does. that bit. But I was just kind of like, oh, that's the end of Governor Swan. We're yeah. just going to shaft Jonathan Price. He dies technically off screen, and then I, he's just in a boat. But I kind of liked that. I liked... By him, if if we'd seen him die, it would then undermine the power of this scene. And yeah. but like, what sucks is that we're kind of told that he's gonna die. So they do oh, yeah. still kind of they're like, we're gonna kill Jonathan Price now. And then in the next scene, we see him on one of the boats. But um, I still think it's powerful. I still think it's a nice idea. Again, it's like imaginative, and they were trying mm. new stuff. So like, you've got to commend them for that. And as you say, Kira Knightley gives a really, really emotive performance and like I cry every single time like it's just one of those bits in yeah. movies that I'm just like oh it's so good there's a um, deleted scene which I think should have been included in the film where um, Governor Swan thinks Elizabeth died and so because they mentioned about Singapore and stuff so he goes to try and stab Davy Jones's heart and then, then they have the exposition of you know if you stab my heart yours will take its place but they didn't finish that scene, so it's Bill Nye in grey pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, ah, oh, that, that's the illusion broken. Yeah, a little, bit. a little bit. But still, Bill Nye, which is a note I put in, is still top-notch. He's Again, amazing in that. Just having a fucking blaster. Oh, yeah. A blaster. A blaster. Um, it's, it's Bill Nye's weird twitches. Bit, and, like, I've got it in my notes. Like, is it meant to be serious when he's on that fucking stretch of desert in a bucket? <laughs> Like, are we meant to take that seriously? Because it's like a standoff between the three, like, It goes full on it's Western. Like, it's like, and then the camera's, like, sweeping around them and they're, like, walking all to meet each other. And then David Jones is there standing in a bucket. What's funnier is there's buckets behind him, so they've obviously. <laughs> but there's no one else there. So we've cut the Beckett, you know, a really high ranking naval officer, um, a lord, and Will Turner just get a load of buckets, kind of fill them with water, put them down. Help him across under yeah. Like, this, I've literally written what. And he's got a wooden leg. Yeah. Yeah. What were the logistics of getting him onto this beach? Because I want to watch it because it would have been fucking hilarious. And he's just stood there in a wooden bucket. <laughs> and all credibility's out the window. Is yeah. he just thinking, <laughs> I look like a dick? It's, oh, oh no, sorry, I look like a dick. It's, um, it's very funny. Uh, I've written here, oh look, it's the character nobody asked for. I can't, I can't remember who I'm Well, I'm from what you said earlier, um, it probably sounds like that's Jack Sparrow. <laughs> oh no, it is! It's Jack Sparrow's dad. Uh, oh! <laughs> Keith fucking Richards. Keith Richards. Which is I like, don't even know what the character's name is. Oh, right, it's literally Jack Sparrow's dad. Like, I don't know what his fucking name is. I don't think No, it's Keith, it's Keith Richards. But it's Keith Richards because, of course, the, the whole thing was that Jack uh, Johnny Depp based his performance on Keith Richards. Yeah. And then he suddenly appears and he's literally just here to make sure that the pirates abide by the code, which the whole movie insists were just guidelines anyway. So are we meant to oh, respect then it, the code? Then he are we says, not meant to respect the code? Like, he says code start? is the law. Oh, no, sorry, he says... <laughs> 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 yeah, it's so dumb. Um, I fucking hate it. And he, there's like stupid things where people are like, "Oh, let's just not follow the code." And his guitar string like, Bling! and everyone's like, uh, and it's just like, who the fuck are you? And then like the the way we find out is like, how's mum? And it's like, oh, can we? Can Only holds no. up a like, shrunken head. It's just 
I just that's so, another reason why like, this whole movie. I this is a th- like, this is what I found really weird about the film is that you've got scenes like this where you've got Keith Richards <laughs> around the scene holds up a strong uh, like a tiny head that's yeah. like here's your mum Jack. And this is the same film at the beginning. Yeah, we, have we were kids a being child, hung. Literally, it's so true. The tone is like Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's all over the place. And then another bit in my "It's a kids' film" counter is when they're <laughs> in Singapore, and um, Cutler Beckett's lackey, actor David Schofield, very good actor, just comes in and headshots one of the Asian twins. Oh, yeah. And then later on, you see him just shoot her, and she's on the floor, and it's like Jesus Christ. She's a looking person. And then, Keith, and then Keith Richards is in it. So it doesn't, yeah, it's, it's totally, it's a, I found the film a total mess. Yeah, it is a bit of a mess. It is a massive mess. And I think that was more of my problem with it as a teenager. And it's why I'm sort of able to enjoy it really far away going, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> but if I get too close, I'm suddenly like, um, I've got here Norrington only died because the script told him to, which we've discussed. I think a lot of, ha- lot of things happened because the script said so. So, like, am I meant to assume, as we previously discussed at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean 2, with the after credit scene, that Keith Richards went to that cannibal island and collected that key dog because it's then in the pirate, I think you'll like, find in Shipwreck Cove? that the film perfectly explains why that dog is there, ah. because Keith Richards says to um, Mackenzie Crook, sea turtles, mate. And so, obviously, now, obviously what happened, that dog's got a lot of fur, so that dog obviously used that fur from his back and roped together a load of sea turtles to make a raft, a la Jack Sparrow, and then is, sailed on to Shipwreck Cove. I, uh, it, it's uh, obviously I, I know happens. I'm being such a little, like, weirdo, but, like, oh, like no, no, because that story is fucking fake in the first place. It was the Indian trading company that got him off the island. So, like, it's literally, just, we are meant to believe that Keith Richards went to Cannibal Island and collected the dog. And the only reason the dog's in it is because the dog is in the ride. And everyone's like, oh, look, it's the dog. And they're trying to be the first movie again. It's being fan. It's just fan service. <gasps> it, is. it could just be um, a different dog. Deus Ex Keith Richard Codekeeper. <laughs> um, uh, maybe it is a different dog. Maybe there's several key dogs across... Uh, the Caribbean, and uh, we're just using one Yeah, of those many. dogs might be native to the Caribbean. Speaking of, like, Keith Richards, he's only there for, like, a bit of exposition, which you're giving it to Keith Richards, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But there's that scene, the whole Brethren Court, is full of loads of different pirates and different parts of the which world. Which is cool. Except like, they do fuck all. Well, yeah, exactly. They don't use them. They've yeah. got this... They open up this thing where you're suddenly like... <gasps> Wow! Yeah. And then they don't do anything with it, and they've got all these cool pirates. And again, they've got some. I've got literally. Wow! What a gag! Such weight, most good. Is it and by any chance the line where she goes, "This is madness"? And Jack goes, "This is politics." No, it's not even that. It's the bit where everything's sort of decided, and they're all like, "Yeah, we're gonna fight, amazing." And then the guy that hasn't said anything. Oh, he's got a high pitched voice. Stands up and he's got a high pitched voice, and I was literally like. I'm very ashamed to say that in the cinema, when I first saw that film, I burst out laughing, so I was like, funny voice! It's a cheap (laughs) gag, do you know what I mean? It's like, this movie is better than that. Like, the comedy within these movies is usually so good. And it's it's not good because it's highbrow, like, by no means, but it's just, you know, it's it's witty and it's funny and it's cute and it's stupid. But this was just so stupid. I was just like, again, we we hanged a child, now Keith Richards is here, now this guy's got a funny voice. But we've just also made Elizabeth Swan the Pirate King, which is fucking awesome, and I really can't deny that I'm always really happy. <laughs> I think it's a nice twist where Jack 
you know, votes for Elizabeth to make her the pirate king, and then that means, you know, right, we get to go to war. But when I watched it, I thought, it would make more sense if Jack made Barbosa the king. Well, I think they do. But I guess it's, it's because Elizabeth, Kira Knightley's agents probably like, you need to get her to do some more stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right then. It is cool though, it is, it is fun, and they do justify it within the world of the movie, I think, yeah. quite well. Um, and I like that sort of like chaotic neutralness about Jack and that one but that's what makes mm. him so endearing he's almost Heath Ledger Joker-esque in that we don't really know anything about him so giving him a dad sort of opens up more questions yeah. so that's quite good because they don't give us too much mm. um, uh, and, that, and like there's a wonderful line that literally sums him up whereas the guy's like do you think he plans it all out or makes it up as he goes along and just yeah. like the ship's falling apart and it's and that's the that's the appeal of Jack Sparrow and that's why these later movies again I haven't seen them so I can't really say but I didn't want oh. to know more about him I didn't need to those know later about movies him. like just very quickly the fourth film Johnny Depp looks bored out of his skull and in the fifth film it's like someone doing a bad impression of Jack Sparrow by just oh. going throughout yeah. the entire film and then they're not good. I saw them both in the cinema. <laughs> Even though I was like, probably not great, but I still did. And if a sixth film came out, I'd probably go and see that in the cinema. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. I don't do that. thing is, though, like, from watching this film, I was like, Johnny Depp's good. He's giving, he's, he's trying in this film, which he doesn't really seem to be in the fourth or fifth film. Sorry, John. Sorry, Johnny, if you're listening. Um, he's probably drunk, so he, he won't even notice. But... Like, he's, he's good in this film, and he's trying, but it's not as good... I think because the first film, his performance was seen as quite groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it, he was up for an Academy Award, It was, yeah, and no one, like knew what to, no one knew what to expect, but now we've seen it, and that yeah. performance has been, like, watched a million times over. And, of over. course, in this movie, he's had to be, like, a hundred different Jack Sparrows yeah. for all the different... We've got that weird scene where scenes. he's got the two Jacks on his shoulder... Which they I, just keep coming back and I don't really understand why. Why is he suddenly schizophrenic and starting to see all of his extra selves everywhere? Because they paid Johnny Depp a shit ton of money and they're like, <laughs> they right, get we're getting much. our money's worth. Fair enough. I like the whole bit with Calypso. I don't really have any notes about it because I just really like it. Which, I like what, the bit where she becomes where... a giant crab lady? Yeah, I thought that was bit. I thought that was dumb as hell. I like I liked the sort of plot line that they had going on. I liked that it was Tia Dharma. I liked that it was a whole thing. It's fine. Um, but then of course she sets up a storm because she realizes that she's against the Brethren and David Jones. So yeah. she just sets up a massive storm for them to all die in. She could easily just kill them all, but just is a raging storm. And we get. Kira fucking nightly doing her Aragon moment. Oh. I've literally got here in caps like hoist the fucking colours, lads. I cringe. I love it. I know. I, I cringe <laughs> so much. I was like, no, no, I can't. And she just screams it. She screams that entire it's, scene. I don't mind that one. I really don't. It's later on when um they're all going fire, 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 and she goes fire all. And it just, it's like, all right, you don't need the Yeah, one. I'm just a bit like, Kira, just, everyone was going with fire. It was fine. Now you're just making me cringe because you're remembering, you're reminding me, like, who you are and what you're doing. There were two moments in the film. Like, there's the first bit when they get in the maelstrom and it's the uh, Black Pearl and the Flying Dutchman and they all shout, fire, 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 fire. And then Bill Nye's like, fire! <laughs> and then they do it again when it's the Dutchman and the Black Pearl yeah. against um, whatever. The, like, uh, Beckett ship. Beckett ship. And they're all screaming, fire, fire, fire. It's like, 
Christ, yeah. you, don't need to, you don't need to pad this film out. We're nearly three hours. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah. just get to the end. And this is the thing, like, there was a lot of things they could have cut out, like the little dick measuring contest and, like, a lot of... I didn't mind the sort of stuff with Elizabeth and Will because they are our main characters and we are meant to be rooting for them. I, I genuinely didn't mind it because I was like, it's short and sweet in a I way. Thought it, I thought most of the... Shit was like the weakest part of the film. Well, it was in the first movie as well. They're just there to be the Gavin and Stacey, so we can focus on the Nessa and Smithy that is like Jack Sparrow and the whole pirate yeah. lore. Um, so they kept it short and sweet in this movie. Like any more, and it would have been disgusting. But yeah. like, it's quite nice. I I like what they did with it. I like that they don't have a they have a bittersweet ending. I really like that. Yeah. Um, they don't, they're not like married in the sunset. Like they will see each other once every ten years. Their marriage was brilliant. Oh my the fact god! They get married so well on the ship during that whole action scene. And it's another example of them being like imaginative and creative. Yeah. And like someone was like, let's get them married, but let's have it during a sword fight on a store in a storm on a ship. And it's like it's really fucking cool. One like, thing I thought that whole Maelstrom scene, I was like, I have absolutely no everything that's come before it. Like I think the first act was just a bit all over the place. The second act was kind of messy and a bit boring. And there's loads of stuff that's like cut it out, cut it out. Yeah. Like it's. You barely. I realise that like, you don't really see much of Davy Jones. Is he no, meant to be the main don't. villain? And then suddenly he's the big bad that Jack's got to fight. Yeah. And whilst that's a cool fight, I was like, this whole don't Maelstrom really scene. Care. It should have been the climax of Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, that's true. Like, because you. And maybe it was. Maybe it was that thing where they were like, the movies were starting to get three. Yeah. And so they tried to stretch it out into when really the plot of the two movies could have been condensed mm. into one. Money. Which is fine because as movies go, they're both not awful. Uh, which you can say about things what, like that's, The Hobbit. They can put that on the poster. <laughs> they're not awful. Not three out of five. <laughs> A solid three out of five. Um, I think that's where my disappointment yeah. comes from because for me, and I'm, I imagine many will argue this, but for me, the first part is five out of five. Oh my god! Every and the, time. the second one is nice, fun romp. It's it like four fun. out of five. And then the third film, they're trying to be like, this is serious stuff. Yeah, we've got Epic to our third scale. act now. And usually the second act is meant to be the darkest, so they yeah. kind of switch that and it didn't quite work. And it's all the bits in Singapore are just really dirty, and I'm just like, everyone's coming in mind, and I'm like, it's just a load of gross. fat, giant men, and it's like, why? Why are we here? Um, in their, you know, yeah. bathing in their own dirty bath water. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is fun, isn't it? Ew, what are we trying to say? Like, oh, gross. Um, yeah, what are we trying? I don't think this would have done much for the Singapore tourist industry. I'm sure it's different. I'm sure it's changed. Just yeah, and like yeah, whatever. In this film, it looks like a really, really dirty set. Grimy, yeah. Yeah. And really dark. There is that shot where the ship is in the sea and the stars in the sky are reflected on the on the sea. Oh, what? So it looks like they're sailing through just a sky of stars um, when they're on their way to David Jones' locker, and it's beautiful it's like really lovely following on from that as they're heading toward Dave, towards Davy Jones's locker they reach that giant waterfall does Pirates of the Caribbean confirm the flat earth theory <laughs> like so flat was, earth theory confirmed <laughs> confirmed I was thinking that but then I was also like they've had to get lost and they're, they're doing a bit of mumbo jumbo-y magic-y stuff and following this weird map mm. that I feel like it's more it's not that the earth is flat because otherwise everyone would come to the edge of the earth very easily. Yeah. I think it's more like the room of requirement. You have to find the edge of the earth that only appears to yeah. you if you're sort of looking for it but not looking for it. That's how I saw it. So I'm like semi-confirmed black earth people. I got slightly confused because at the end of the second film you had that twist where Barbosa 
is alive. Yeah. And Tia Dolma says, God, I, I can quote these films back to back. That's how sad I am. I can literally, when I was a teenager and we'd watch the first Pirates film, I'd know it beginning to end. I and everyone can do was that like, with the Philosopher's Stone. It's fine, <laughs> good company. Everyone was like, Dave, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it would be just like really pointless lines that aren't even like major quotes. And yeah. I'm like, Dave, you need to stop. <laughs> but like at the end of the second film, Tia Dolma says, You'll, You will need a captain who knows those waters so the waters are world's end. So you're like, oh, okay, so that's where Barbosa came from. But then it's kind of revealed that he didn't, yeah, and then so they've true. got to get a map. It's like, they why do you need a map if he knows where he's going, yeah. or does he? And they try and do that thing that, like, the nitpicky audience members would be like, oh, well, you brought Barbosa back, why can't you just bring Jack back the same way? And they try and justify it by being like, oh, well, he was in David Jones, and Barbosa was just dead, just mostly dead, so, like, we could, like, sort of bring him back. But he's also been near David Jones because he was dead, so maybe yeah. he, like... Like, I just, nah. And all the dead apparently are on their way to David Jones, but David, maybe David Jones is like a particular circle of the sort of afterlife that people get trapped in, and all the other souls are being ferried just to the normal David Jones bit, and the locker is. Nah. I feel like you're, you're, you're taking this too seriously. <laughs> this is a film where there's a joke about I once knew a guy with no arms and no legs. What do you call him? Larry. Larry. And I was like. This isn't. A, this is not a deep we film. Oh, we hung. We hung a child. <laughs> um, great. Um, ooh, dude, you could have just tossed him overboard. So that was when Davy Jones takes that. <laughs> that was a Davy Jones one. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's Davy Jones. And I've literally got the app written down here um, to remind myself to be hilarious. And when he gets his like squidness and he like shoves it all up in that guy's face. I love that scene. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. But I was just like you. I did think should I put a kids film counter but I was like no because it's so oh. <laughs> no because it's like so over the top and some so... kids stuff needs to be dark I do I yeah. do agree with that uh, Beckett's death chef kiss I've written here yeah that it's still beautiful. looks awesome it's so fucking great and Tom Holland's performance oh he's brilliant oh god he's I feel like though it's what you get this movie got such highbrow actors in to play such fun characters and yeah. that's why it's good because they're getting to have a break from doing their like serious Oscar movies to come and be pirates and governors in he's the such Caribbean such a slimy bad guy and everyone's doing great from a story perspective, though, when it got to the fight with Davy Jones, I thought, in the context of this film, because Davy Jones is barely in it, he's basically cut the lapdog. Yeah. It would make sense if, in the final battle, it's Jack Sparrow versus Tom Hollander. Yeah. Uh, versus Cutler Beckett. Because he's become the main villain. Which it would look silly because Cutler Beckett is about four foot. Yeah. Tall. yeah. <laughs> so and he would just get ridiculous. all of his friends to shoot Jack. Yeah. So it would be a very quick fight. That's why I thought like this film would make the the climax of this film would make sense at the end of Dead Man's Chest because yeah. especially considering at the beginning of Dead Man's Chest, Will and Elizabeth's wedding is ruined, so it then makes yeah. sense from a story perspective to have their wedding take place in the climax and the fight with Davy Jones because yeah. that rivalry kind of just get picked up like two hours into the film. It's like oh yeah, oh yeah, this was a thing. This was a plot point. I yeah, feel like the, the writers wrote themselves into a corner at the end of the second film. It's like okay, so cut the Beckett's got the chest. He controls the sea. Uh, We've had that weird-looking kiss with Will and Jack, and now he's eaten, and he's, his yeah. chips been taken down, and then Barbosa's back, and it's like, right, we're doing a third film. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Christ! Um, what do we do next? Throw a load of, sh- basically, throw everything. They throw shit at the wall. Somehow, the wall's made of glue, so it all sticks. Like, brilliant! Use all of it. Let's do all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I've run out of notes. 
I'd have two, but I feel like I've got more to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair enough. I would say that I, I did enjoy it because the end of the film was so fun. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it well, that's the last. It picks you up again, doesn't yeah. it? I, yeah, halfway through, I was lagging, and I was like, but, but yeah, it, for that final climax, you're like, fuck yeah, pirates in the car, fucking villain. Yeah. And it brings you back. I did like how Elizabeth says at the Brethren Court, um, what was it she says? Oh yeah, um, prepare every vessel that floats. But we'll only be using one, so. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah, yeah, they completely wasted the Brethren Court. Yeah, they're just all sat in the back, and all the Royal Navy, like Flying Dutchman and the Black Pearl, blow up, cut the Beckett ship, and all the other naval ships are like, fuck this, like, we're off. I'm like, there's hundreds of yeah, you. You're, you're could just go, win. all right, come the fuck on, yeah, we'll take you down. Literally, you are breaking the law. So. Yeah, so it's like, all right, yeah. well, it's pirates. Well, I'm going to shoot them. I do think as well, like, in the first film, they mention how the Black Pearl because I know all the lines is the last big pirate threat in the Caribbean mate that is the actual line and, and then suddenly maybe he didn't know though maybe he like but then there's a whole brother in court does he also not know about like, that I think they just forgot that they made that movie and they wanted to make more money so they were like guidelines you know there's like a law book now and Keith yeah. Richards will kill anyone that goes against yeah. it Barbosa's biggest threat in the Caribbean nah there's David Jones nah there's Blackbeard nah there's all this and, oh. all this shit like yeah it's um Oh, and Jack's a pirate lord. Why? Yeah, why? Uh, Especially if his dad is Keith Richards, who's clearly, like, essentially the pirate king. Why do people listen to him? I don't understand. Is he the code keeper? Who put him in charge? Where is their mum? What's going on? Who wrote this fucking movie? Oh, my God. You started this podcast <laughs> saying, you know, I actually like this film. And now it's like, I'm not so sure. <laughs> what the fuck? Basically, I think this film is great if you don't think, think about, about it. <laughs> Switch off your brain it is a and have a great time. It's a very long film, though. There were bits where, I, like, there was a scene with Will and Elizabeth at the bottom of the ship chatting, and I was like, I need the loo. No. I'm not going to pause it. <laughs> yeah. Little bit. Little bit. It's fair enough. It's fun, but it's... I think if you compare it to the first film, which was so oh, good, it was and it's got a really fun story, and the characters are pretty well-rounded. So well yeah. And it's something different, because you've got just the classic... Love story, swashbuckling yeah. love story, and you throw in Jack Sparrow and, and Barbosa. And zombies as well. Yeah. Like, it's just everything about it was so good. They wanted to resurrect the pirate genre. Everyone was like, it's a dead genre, it's not going to happen. Mm. They were like, what if you put zombies in it? They were like, get the fuck out of my meeting room. But then they did it anyway, and it was great. That film feels a bit grittier as well, even though you've yeah. got the undead zombies and all that lot. It still feels a bit more grimy it and was a bit darker and threatening. Yeah. And it was like, Ooh. And then the other films are kind of just like bog standard fantasy films, yeah, sort of. Pretty much. Like Whereas the other one was swashbuckling, pirate, yeah. romantic action. Jack Sparrow was cool. Yeah, now he's just old. He's just a bit of a goof. Tired. Yeah. He's really tired. The fourth and fifth films are hot garbage. Mm-hmm. I'm not even surprised. That's why I did not pay money to see them. Yeah. <laughs> Watch them when you're really drunk. Okay. That's probably the best thing to do. The fifth film is by far the worst. Fair. I was like, why did I waste money to see this? Uh, people just said it was the first movie with different characters, and it's like, why don't we just watch the first movie? People said the fifth film is the second best film, and I was like, you're wrong, it's the worst. They've yeah. all gotten steadily worse. Oh, God, it's bizarre. But yeah, that was it, well done. I hate it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of indifferent it's cool to see some of the characters there's some bits which are fun but meh yeah it's kind of you kind of zone out for, for a for bit for most of it I started doing ironing 
<laughs> doing the second act is like what ironing is doing, so I'm just going to get some ironing done. And then by we'll the time the third act rolled around, I was like, oh, okay, I've got ironing done. We're back on board. We're back on board, yeah. Yeah, so... We're on the street in Kentish Town now. I've got a gingerbread man I really want to eat, but it's going to sound really bad on the podcast. so crunchy. Unless it's chewy. I think it's chewy. Oh, no, but the boxer shorts on it are... Oh, they'll be crunchy. The boxer shorts on the gingerbread man are quite hard. You can cut that out. No, I'm not cutting that out. I'm now putting this entire segment in just for that line. Brilliant. So, yeah, thank you. Do you have anything else you want to say? about Pirates of the Caribbean uh, at World's End. It's a film. It is a film. It's that a is, very that long it film. definitely is. I had to pay to watch it because it was on wasn't on any streaming service. Oh my god, fucking tell me about it. Yeah. Like I paid like two pound ninety five or some shit to watch it on YouTube. Like, That's what I did, I watched it on YouTube. Oh my god, it's so annoying. I've I was still like, got it why? for about this came out in two thousand and seven. Why can't I watch it anywhere? Like UK government? I remember. Fuck you. I remember. I was like, I, it was on Now TV a few months back. All of them were, right. and I was like, oh, brilliant! I'll go watch that. Wasn't on there. Amazon, not on there. Not Amazon, Netflix. Not on Netflix. Netflix they had the fifth had one. The, yeah, had the like, like latest fuck one. That. So that's fuck's sake. So I had to buy it on YouTube. Yes, yeah, same. Like a mug. So annoyed. So annoyed. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on that's my quite podcast. All right. Standing in the street here like some weirdos. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug? Where can we find you on social media? Uh, so on social media. I'm there. What is my tag? <laughs> oh, I came really well prepared. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter and Instagram at underscore McCulloch David because some utter bastard has got <laughs> at David McCulloch. Ugh. I'm just watching a car nearly get hit by a bus. Oh, that's a tight squeeze. Yeah, that was, that was very close. This is the fun you miss out on if you're <laughs> listening to this on audio. If we had, if we had a camera, you'd be able to see that great, gripping action unfortunately. scene. Unfortunately... It was a car between two buses, kind of like Cutler Beckett's ship between the Black Pearl <laughs> and the Dutchman. Making it related. Um, Amazing. Do I have anything to plug? I'm doing, I'm working with a company called Black Box Theatre. Nice. And we're doing a touring production of The 39 Steps as a live radio drama. And to find out more about what Black Box Theatre Company are up to, you can head to their website, blackboxtheatrecompany.com. The tour of 39 Steps, a live radio drama, will be going on from the 24th of October to the 7th of December. So you do still have time to grab your tickets if you fancy going to see that. We'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye! Bye. We watched the film and we talked about it, but now it's time to say goodbye. We'll be back again with another movie that makes you want to ask why. Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. 
Even if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate, and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long-lost movies, and I hope you do too.